G'day, I'm Stephen Page from Page Proven, Family and Fertility Lawyers in Brisbane. You're listening to the Australian uh, Family and Fertility Law Podcast. What you're about to listen to uh, is the audio version of a video that I've recorded that you'll find, uh, if you want to see the video version, uh, on the Page Proven website. But in the meantime, enjoy, enjoy this uh, listening to my voice. Uh, I hope you find it informative, uh, and if you've got any inquiries, of course, please contact us. G'day, I'm Stephen Page from Page Proven Family and Fertility Lawyers, and I'm talking about what's happening in the ACT. By area of size, the ACT is the smallest jurisdiction. Uh, if you live in Canberra and you drive 20 minutes that way, um, you're in New South Wales. But nevertheless, as we know, uh, several hundred thousand people live there, uh, and uh, the ACT has its own government and it's now looking at, at um, setting up two things. It's looking at having a central registry uh, and also looking at having an art act. So that then takes me to, well, what is a central registry and what is an art act? And what, what is, what's the significance of all of this? Well, the first, first thing is that a central registry is a registry run by the state by which gamete donors, so those egg, egg sperm or embryo donors, have been recognised and, and recorded. And why you have a central registry is so that rather than having each clinic having its own registry, which every clinic in Australia is required to do, for donor-conceived adults, they don't play the lottery so much about finding out where they come from. They can just go to the state um, and inquire of the state. So I think a central registry is a really good thing. In the ACT, currently there are three IVF clinics. So rather than a donor-conceived adult having to go to all three to find out, potentially to find out where they come from, they can go to one, namely the, the state central registry. Currently there are central registries in New South Wales, uh, Victoria and South Australia and a, and a badly functioning one in Western Australia that hopefully um, will get better soon. Uh, and there is a proposal uh, well underway in Queensland to have a central registry in Queensland. So I think the idea of uh, an ACT central registry uh, is a good one. I hope, uh, as I said in the submissions to the ACT government, that there's a one-stop um, shop approach taken, and there hasn't been to date. Uh, I've certainly advocated for that with Queensland, and I hope the ACT does it as well. Namely, just like Google, if you've got a donor-conceived adult and they say, go to the central registry in the ACT, can you find out where I've come from? That the ACT in turn will ask the other central registries um, in the absence of a national registry, and it would be good to have a national registry, but we don't, ask the other central registries, um, do you have any records here? And if it doesn't pop up in the ACT, hopefully it pops up in one of the others. Uh, and if the ACT in Queensland come on board, then everywhere is covered other than the Northern Territory in Tasmania. And I've done a separate video about Queensland. The ACT seems also to be mind, mindful of having retrospective transparency. So Victoria is the only place that currently does that in the world. When, when sperm donors were told all those years ago, secret squirrel business, you, you're forever not known to the child, and the parents were told, don't tell the child where they've come from, Victoria came to the realisation that this was harmful for donor-conceived adults. They didn't have any say in how they were created. 
and their process of creation was um, through secrecy. So leading the way, Victoria set up a central registry and set up uh, having this retrospective uh, transparency. Queensland, is, as I said, is looking at copying that, as is the ACT. It's interesting, South Australia looked at doing this and the view taken by its parliament was not to have retrospective transparency uh, when it set up its central registry. It, said on, it, it thought on balance that the impact on uh, donors was so great, given that donors were told that they were forever going to be anonymous, uh, that on balance there shouldn't be one. But the ACT looks like it's going the other way. The other issue of more concern to me is that the ACT's talking about having an ART Act or Assisted Reproductive Treatment Act or uh, as it's called in uh, New South Wales, Assisted Reproductive Technology Act, namely an act to regulate IVF clinics. And the line that's being run is, well, there isn't much regulation of IVF clinics um, in Australia at the moment, therefore there needs to be uh, legislation. If we look at the IVF uh, industry um, in Australia, you know that 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 approach uh, is false, that, that that line is false. And the reason being that our IVF industry is highly concentrated. We have five uh, national clinics, it's five chains, and they are in size, Virtus, which is Melbourne IVF, IVF Australia, and that's what it trades as in the ACT, uh, Queensland Fertility Group, TAS IVF for example. Uh, the second biggest is Monash IVF, uh, which operates uh, in most parts of Australia, but not the ACT. Um, the third biggest um, is Janaya, uh, which is headquartered in Sydney, but also operates in Queensland, Victoria, South Australia, Western Australia, uh, Tasmania, and um, the ACT. The fourth biggest is City Fertility, which operates in Queensland, uh, New South Wales, Victoria and Western Australia. Uh, and uh, the fifth biggest is a, a cut price clinic, uh, Adora Fertility, which operates in several states. The point being that these clinics are worth a lot of money and those who operate these clinics, when they operate across state borders, make sure they're compliant. If you have hundreds of millions of dollars of shareholders' uh, money, you want to make sure that you are compliant. So I think this concentration in many ways is actually a good thing in terms of um, compliance issues. The second uh, criteria that stands out to me is that to be compliant with RTAC accreditation and to explain the jargon, that's the Fertility Society of Australia and New Zealand, I'm a board member, uh, and it has a committee, the Reproductive Technology Accreditation Committee, or RTAC, I'm not a member of that committee. RTAC uh, accreditation is required to operate any IVF clinic in Australia. There is a quality scheme that must be complied with. Sitting on top of that quality scheme is the Code of Practice, the RTAC Code of Practice, which incorporates ethical guidelines issued by the National Health and Medical Research Council. And their full name, sorry for the mouthful, is Ethical Guidelines on uh, the use of assisted reproductive technology in clinical practice and research, and the latest version is 2023. Taken all together, clinics must comply with these, and they must be accredited, and if they're not accredited, they fail, and that they are either compliant or non-compliant. So the idea that there needs to be further regulation of, of IVF clinics, I think, um, 
is a false one. In the feedback that we've seen uh, given to the ACT government, two standouts from consumers um, were really, really there. One was cost. Now, the more regulation you impose on IVF clinics on top of what they've already got, guess what? Cost goes up. And if you're incurring more cost as an IVF clinic, what do you do? Well, you don't absorb that cost, ultimately. You charge it on to the consumer. So further regulation means extra cost. I just think, you know, that, that is just so obvious. It's, it's as certain as night follows day. The second one is, well, there's going to be uh, there's greater difficulty for um, LGBTQIA um, plus people um, in, the, uh, in the ACT in accessing um, sperm. So if you're a single woman or, or um, a lesbian couple, for example, um, and you need to access sperm, it's difficult. Choices are limited. But guess what? The proposed model that the ACT government is looking at is to replicate the New South Wales Assisted Reproductive Technology Act. And in one sense, that makes sense. The ACT is an island sitting in the middle of New South Wales. So you have the same as New South Wales Act, it makes it simple. Except that's really, really dumb. And why it's dumb uh, is because New South Wales, there's two reasons that, or three reasons that stand out. The first is that the New South Wales um, Art Act has a limit of five women who are recipients for any donor, there's a cap. And that five women cap, which includes uh, a partner of um, the original recipient woman, is really four because it excludes uh, the donor's own family. And that cap is half that we see in Victoria, South Australia, Northern Territory, Tasmania, Queensland and the ACT currently. So what that change will do will mean it's actually harder for uh, same-sex couples or single women accessing sperm uh, in the ACT than it is now. And it'll have the other effect that if they don't have access to that sperm, they've got to go elsewhere, which means their costs go up. So it actually hits both those nails on the head um, the wrong way. The other change that uh, would come if there's replication of the uh, New South Wales Act is in effect to prevent posthumous use of uh, sperm uh, in the ACT. Because the New South Wales Act says, yeah, sure, you can use um, posthumous use of sperm, but the gamut provider, namely the, the um, deceased, must have consented to that before he died. Well, what happens when he dies suddenly, unexpectedly, uh, falling off a skateboard, uh, having had a, an accidental drug overdose, um, having had um, a stroke. Any of these things, I've seen, seen this happen. Uh, commit suicide, any of those. Well, uh, in Queensland you can use, ACT you can use um, at the moment, but you can't in New South Wales. And we've had case law from Western Australia, South Australia, New South Wales, where the grieving widows have been able to export their sperm to, guess where? The ACT. If the ACT copies the New South Wales laws, they won't be able to do it anymore. Instead, they'll have to come to Queensland. So let's see if they do that. 
And the third aspect is um, one of those issues that says, why should there be a regulator? Because the Central Registry in New South Wales talks about, well, gamut providers uh, who are donors need to be uh, recorded with the Central Registry. And the antenna parents through surrogacy also have to be recorded. But the central, but the New South Wales Ministry of Health has taken the view that if you are a gamut provider and you've provided your, your sperm or your egg to enable a surrogate to become uh, a, a legal parent to then give birth to that child and hand over the child to you, you're a donor to that surrogate. So they're saying that you're a donor of your own child. Now, I've made representations to the New South Wales Department. Um, their position is unchanged, it's unmovable. I think that that position is um, thoroughly um, disrespectful of intended parents and also that of the autonomy of the surrogates and the surrogates' partners. But if the ACT copies those laws, that's what it'll achieve in the ACT as well. So let's see, it's a, it, it's a watch this space. We'll see what um, the ACT government comes up with and I'll talk about it in another video or videos. Thank you.